Hey everyone, so you want to know how to use Anchor, right? I'm here to inform, guide, and help you on how to use Anchor. Anchor is a phone app and hosting site owned by Spotify. It's the awesome idea to start creating your podcast by attempting to be the one-stop shop for podcasters without an extensive technical background. You can follow the vertical integration model, meaning that you can record, distribute, and monetize your podcast. Why are you struggling with paying a hosting site which includes promoting your show with limited storages? Forget about it. It's the simple fact that unlimited storage is free. It includes recording, adding music, intros, outros, and uploading episodes. Plus, you get paid some money to put in your pocket through sponsorships with no minimum listenership. That's fantastic and magnificent, isn't it? These are the important things to create and make a podcast. You can download Anchor on your phones, tablets, laptops, and computers, or you can check out anchor.fm so you can get a head start on your podcast right now. Remember, if you have a dream of creating your own podcast, don't let anyone stop you from achieving your goals and dreams. If I can reach the amount of success loving what I'd love to do in this career, podcasting field so can you i'm g money stacks thank you for listening and have fun with your podcast let's go Yes, good evening, USA, International, Canada, Long Island, a.k.a. Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, a.k.a. The Gregonator, YouTuber, host with the most, misunderstood, lonely nomad, creator, 
YouTuber, unstoppable independent podcaster, and rookie podcaster of Lawton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging with the 45th episode with me on the sports edition show of Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, live and direct from StreamYard alongside with YouTube. And aside of myself is the Instagram live feed, so make sure you turn on your notifications so you can know when each episode is going to be dropping. And of course, and of course, with everything that goes on. So, if you're new to the channel and you miss any previous episodes whatsoever in the YouTube, if you are in the YouTube universe and stuff, whether you are a new listener new watcher welcome to the show of course and um don't worry if you miss any episodes whatsoever new or previous latest episodes i got you back covered um all you need to do is grab that subscribe button the subscribe button on the youtube channel page of excellent fun vibrant talks podcast youtube channel page and and tap the noni noni bell so you can be so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream along with leaving a like and a comment along with the episodes yes sports episodes yes sports episodes and and of course be sure to stay tuned for more video content upcoming episodes previous episodes and of course you know download these episodes make listen stream watch these episodes share the videos share the episodes and of course tell a friend to another friend and i'll handle the rest at the end of the show also if you would like to make a charitable donation to support this show right here and other podcast shows that i do on a weekly basis be sure to be sure to um be sure to make a charitable donation to my cash app which is g money stacks 555 that's dollar sign capital g lowercase m o n e y capital s lowercase t a c k z 555 i do apologize for the plane passing by um yes once again it's not about breaking the bank it's all about doing the best you can on whatever amount of money you decide to donate that you are comfortable with that you desire will be appreciated and also you can leave a five-star rating review on podchaser podfriend alongside with apple Podcasts and of course spotify as well five-star rating will be appreciated all right so first and foremost First and foremost, most recently, a lot of cats was talking about how Brittany Griner got got free and is home. So that would be the first topic of us of a sports topic of the quick side bleacher bar. Man, let's go. All right. Let's get into it. Yes, so 
Here it is. Yes, here it is. Here it is. And this is from Us Weekly. No, actually, U.S. Magazine. Sorry. Um, if you if you will, um, what happens here? Hold on a second. Okay. So here's what's here's what's happening. The fight to bring a legend home has come to a happy ending. WNBA star Brittany Griner, who has been who has been in Russian custody since February 2022 and coming home. President Joe Biden confirmed her release via Twitter on December 8th, 2022. Moments ago, I spoke to Brittany Griner. She, she is safe. She is on a plane. She is on her way home, he wrote. Griner's freedom was negotiated in the United United Arab um, Emirates in exchange for a convicted arms de- dealer. Prior to her defense, plenty of her fellow athletes are leading the charge to get her back to the United States ahead of game two of the NBA finals in June, 2022, the Boston Celtics wore t-shirts reading. We are BG during practice. The shirts were super important, not only showing our support for our sister that is detained over in Russia, Brittany Griner. We just wanted to show that togetherness and love that we have throughout not only the NBA, but the WNBA player Grant Williams told ESPN of the team's decision to wear the shirts. She's been a vital part of the WNBA over the years past college and in the amount of impact she's had on young female athletes, USA and overseas. LeBron James also called for swifter, um, Wait a minute here. Why do we even? Yes, I don't know what the hell here. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, yes. Um, where was I? Oh, there it is. There it is. Um, yes. LeBron James also called for swifter action on the Olympic gold medalist medalist's case, sharing a social media post from his uninterrupted platform, encouraging President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris to keep pushing for Griner's return. We need to come together and help do whatever we possibly can to bring BG home quickly and safely. And the Space Jam new, a new Legacy star tweeted in June 2022, our voice as athletes is stronger together. Um, Griner was arrested. Um, in case n- nobody didn't know, Griner was arrested. How do we eat? Yeah. Griner was arrested at a Moscow airport in February 2022 while she was in the country playing for UMMC Ecator 
Ekaterinburg during the WNBA offseason. Russian authorities claimed that she that the athlete was carrying hashish oil in her luggage in her luggage. News of her arrest and subsequent detention, however, did not emerge for several weeks. U.S. officials were initially U.S. officials were initially hesitant to make any aggressive aggressive uh, moves on behalf of ground because of Russia's ongoing war with Ukraine. But in May 2022, the State Department declared that the Phoenix Mercury player had been wrongfully detained. This this status change meant that officials could immediately begin negotiating for her release rather than waiting until her next Russian court hearing. That same month, Griner's detention was extended until at least mid-June 2022. In the meantime, the Texas native has been communicating with her friends and family via letters. She jokes in her letters, I don't know how she does it with what she's going through, Amanda Amanda um, Zahoy B, a player for the Los Angeles Sparks, told the Associated Press keep, of keeping in touch with her colleague. She's an amazing soul. She brings light in a situation like this. I don't think a lot of people can manage to do that. The SB winner's wife, Sherelle Griner, has also been offering her support from afar. Sp- speaking to U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, about the case. You say she's top priority, but I want to see it. And I feel like to see it would be me seeing BG on U.S. soil, Sherelle told Good Morning America in May 2022. The Bay University alum added that her wife was only playing in Russia because WNBA's um, salaries are not lucrative enough to support their family. It is common for many WNBA players to go overseas in the offseason to supplement supplement their income. BG would wholeheartedly love to not go overseas, Sherelle explained. She has only one, had one Thanksgiving in the States in nine years since she's been pro, and she misses all that stuff just because, you know, she can't make enough money in the WNBA like to sustain her life. Now, that's crazy. And of course, Brittany Griner, Brittany is a very successful WNBA star who has played for the Phoenix Mercury since 2013. Prior to going pro, she made history as a college basketball player at Baylor University, setting the all time single season record for block shots in her freshman years. Since 2014, she has played for Russia's UMMC Ekaterinburg women's basketball team during the WNBA's offseason. So, Russian authorities arrested Brittany on February 17, 2022, after, after claiming she was caught with hash hash oil cartridges in her luggage while going through security at the Moscow airport. Customs officials for the country said that they had opened a criminal case into this, into the large-scale transportation of drugs, which can carry a sentence of up to 10 years in prison in Russia. After the, after the news of her 
detention broke on March 5th, 2022. Some observers connected her detention to Russia's history of holding U.S. citizens as political prisoners. This follows a pattern of Russia wrongly detaining and imprisoning U.S. citizens, including Trevor Reed. Texas Representative Joaquin Castro tweeted at the time, U.S. citizens are not political pawns. Brittany, Trevor, and other Americans must be safely returned. And Reed is a former Marine who had been detained in Russia since 2019. He, he was returned home in April 2022. And in May, this is a little recap in case anybody don't know what happened with her. So in May 2022, the U.S. State Department changed course and declared that Brittany had been wrongfully detained by Russia as yeah, as a result, Roger Carstens, who is the special presidential envoy for hostage affairs, began immediately working to negotiate her release. Her wife, Sherelle, later had a phone call with Blinken to discuss the specifics of the situation. Meanwhile, the WNBA granted the Phoenix Mercury salary cap and roster relief to so that Brittany would re- receive her full salary for the season without it counting against the team's limit. All WNBA courts also have a decal bearing Britney's initials and jersey number. Um, and Britney's WNBA teammates have been some of the most outspoken stars wearing shirts and pins in tribute to their colleague and corner for her release on social media and at press conferences. The WNBA, no, the NBA has also gotten involved with Commissioner Adam Silver saying that the league is actively working with the U.S. government to expedite Britney's return. It's been now over 100 days since she's been illegally held in Russia. Silver said in June 2022, I think it's something that all of us should be heard on contacting your representatives and others. I will only say we are working in lockstep with the U.S. government and outside experts on trying to expedite our release in in, in, a, in any way we can. Um, and the extension continued in June 2022, a Russian court decided to extend Britney's detention for nearly three additional weeks, meaning she will be in custody until at least July 2nd, according to the Russian media outlet TASS. The athlete's detention was extended for those 18 days at the request of the investigation. Um, Britney's lawyer, Alexander Arm. Boykov told CNN on June 27, 2022, that his client's trial trial is set to begin on July 1st, with her detention extended for the length of the court proceedings. Russian news outlets previously reported that the athlete would remain in pre-trial custody until at least July 2nd. That same day, the basketball star made a brief appearance at a court in the Moscow sub- suburb of Key, no, hold on, Kimki, for a hearing. Photographs shown her entering 
the courtroom in handcuffs while in the custody of two guards. One week later, Sherelle told the Associated Press that a previous planned phone call with the U.S. Embassy never happened. I find it unacceptable and I have zero trust in our government right now, she said. If I can't trust you to catch a Saturday call outside of business hours, how can I trust you to actually be negotiating on my wife's behalf to come home? Because that's a much bigger ask than to catch a Saturday call. The State Department later claimed that the missed call the missed phone call happened because of a logistic logistical error. In July 2022, Brittany wrote a letter to Biden begging for help in getting her home as I sit here in a Russian prison along with my thoughts and without the protection of my wife, family, friends, Olympic jersey, or any accomplishments. I'm terrified I might be here forever, she wrote. I miss my wife. I miss my family. I miss my teammates. It kills me to know they are suffering so much right now. I am grateful for whatever you can do at this moment to get me home. She also reminded the president of her father's military service and noted that she voted for the former senator in 2020. On the 4th of July, our family normally honors the service of those who fought for our freedom, including my father, who is a Vietnam War veteran. It hurts thinking about how I usually celebrate this day because freedom means something completely different to me this year, she continued. I voted for the first time in 2020 and I voted for you and I believe in you. And of course, Biden responds one day after Sherelle told CBS Mornings that she was worried she might never see her wife again. The White House revealed that Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris had called Sherelle to discuss Britney's case. The president called Sherelle to reassure her that he is working to secure Britney's release as soon as possible, as well as the release of Paul um, Whelan and other U.S. nationals who are wrongfully detained or held hostage in Russia and around the world, the White House said in a statement on July 6, 2022. He also read her draft of the letter the president is sending to Brittany Griner today. Yes, her plea on July 7, 2022, Brittany pleaded guilty to drug charges in a Moscow court. I'd like to plead guilty, Yana, the athlete told the judge, according to Reuters. But there was no intent. I didn't want to break the law. She added that she needed time to prepare her testimony. Her next court date is scheduled for July 14th. Sherelle, meanwhile, said she was grateful for the phone call from Biden and Harris. While I will remain concerned and outspoken until she, she is back home. I am hopeful in knowing that the president read my wife's letter and took the time to respond. She said in a statement, I know BG will be able to find comfort in knowing she has not been forgotten. Shout out at the ESPYs. During the ESPY Awards in July 2022, Megan Ripino hosts Steph Curry and WNBA players Necker and Skylar Dickens-Smith urged the U.S. government to take action in Britney's case. I think, honestly, what we've witnessed tonight is the importance of 
of sport and how much we can bring and how much we can get done in the world with our collective power, Reppin' said during her acceptance speech. Every time we say her name, it puts pressure on everyone, puts pressure on the administration, puts pressure on Russia. The most striking thing is that BG isn't here. BG deserves to be free. We can support her more and let her know we that we love her so much. Okay, the verdict in in August, the verdict in August 2022 of Russian court found Britain guilty of drug smuggling with criminal intent and sentenced her to nine years in prison. She was also fined one million rubles, or about sixteen thousand four hundred dollars. Russia has previously said that any possible negotiations uh, about a prisoner swap would have to wait until Brit- after Britney's sentencing. I never meant to hurt anybody. I never meant to put any put in jeopardy the Russian population. I never meant to break any laws here, the athlete said during the court hearing. I made an honest mistake, and I hope that in your ruling that it doesn't end my life here. I know everybody keeps talking about political pawn and politics, but I hope that that is far from this courtroom. Oh, gosh. Rodman. In August 2022, Rodman revealed his plan to help free Griner telling NBC, I got permission to go to Russia to help that girl I'm trying to go this week. The former NBA star changed his tune about a week later, however, after the United States government discouraged his plan. He would not be traveling on behalf of the U.S. government. State Department spokesperson Ned Price told ABC News shortly after Robin's declaration, we believe that anything other than negotiating, negotiating further through the established channel is likely to complicate and hinder those release efforts. Um... Sherelle reacts to Britney's sentence in her first interview since Britney's sentencing. Sherelle told Gail King that her life has felt like a movie since the verdict was announced. It terrifies me because when you watch movies, sometimes those situations don't end well. She said during in, in October 2022 appearance on CBS Mornings, sometimes they never get their person back. The law school graduate also admitted that she worries about never seeing Brittany again. I'm sitting there like, do we get her back? Do I ever get to see my wife again? Like, what happens? What happens next? The fact that everything is so unprecedented and everything is like changeable, I think is a good I a good word, a good word, Sherelle explained. I feel like every day I'm hearing something new, and so it's just, it's terrifying. So, a disturbing phone call in the full version of her October 2022 CBS Mornings interview, Sherelle detailed the two phone calls she'd had with Brittany since she was arrested eight months earlier. It was just so delightful just to hear her voice, Sherelle said of the first call, adding that she thought her wife was doing okay and that they could survive this the second call however was less comforting you could hear 
that she was not okay. Sherelle explained, I think I cried for about two or three days straight. It was the most disturbing phone call I'd ever experienced. I didn't have words. Um, And birthday statement. Um, Thank you, everyone, for fighting so hard to get me home. Brittany said in an October 2022 statement via CNN as she turned 32 in prison, all the support and love are definitely helping me. Her appeal, of course, Brittany's lawyer confirmed to CNN in August 2022 that an appeal was filed against the Russian court's verdict. The U.S. State Department characterized her arrest as a wrongful detainment and off officials posed the idea of a prisoner swap in, a, in an attempt to bring the athlete home safely. In October 2022, the appeal was rejected by a Russian court. The White House condemned the decision. We are aware of the news out of Russia that Brittany Griner will continue to be wrongfully detained under intolerable circumstances after having to undergo another sham judicial proceeding today. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said in a statement to the Washington Post, President Biden has been very clear that Britney should be released immediately. Um, in November 2022, the WNBA stars lawyers shared in a statement that the athlete was being moved to a penal colony and that they do not have any information on her exact current location or her final destination. Her release in December 2022, President Joe Biden announced that the WNBA star had been freed from a Russian penal colony. The Biden administration negotiated the athlete's release in exchange for convicted arms dealer Victor Bout. In, In a press conference, the head of state who stood alongside Vice President Kamala Harris and Griner's wife, Sherelle Griner, detailed, detailed the athlete's release. These past few months have been hell for Brittany and Sherelle, Biden said. People all across the country have learned about Brittany's story and advocated for her release and stood with her throughout the t- this terrible ordeal. And I know that support meant a lot to her family. I'm glad to be able to say that Brittany is Brittany is in good spirits and relieved to finally be heading home. He continued, Brittany represents the best about America. She wrote to me back in July. She didn't ask for special treatment, but requested a simple note. Please don't forget about me and the other American detainees. Please do all you can to bring us back to bring us home. We never forgot about Britney. Sherelle also spoke during the news briefing, which which was held at the White House, sharing, today my family is whole, but as you all are aware, there's so many families that are not whole. Britney and I will remain committed to work to get to work of getting every American home. Returning home, the WNBA stars plane landed in Houston, Texas on December 9th, 2022. Roger Carstens, a U.S. State Department official who had been traveling with Griner, tweeted their arrival early that morning. So happy to have Brittany back on U.S. soil. Welcome to Welcome Home, BG, Carstens wrote. 
her first statement shortly after returning home, Griner broke her silence on her release. It feels good to be home. The last 10 months have been a battle at every turn. I dug deep to keep my faith, and it was the love from so many of you that helped keep me going. From the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone for your help. She wrote via Instagram on December 16, 2022. I am grateful to each person who advocated for me, especially my wife, Sherelle Griner, and my family. After thanking several other members of her inner circle, the athlete acknowledged President Biden for his support. President Biden, you brought me home, and I know you are committed to bringing Paul Wheeling and all Americans home, too. I will use my platform to do whatever I can to help you. I also encourage everyone that played a part in bringing me home to continue their efforts to bring all Americans home. Every family deserves to be whole, she wrote. Griner also addressed her future with the WNBA, stating that she intends to rejoin the Phoenix Mercury. I look forward to being able to say thank you to those of you who advocated, wrote, and posted for me in person soon. She wrote, love always BG number 42. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good, though, man. It feels good. Um, that's pretty much good news right there, man. Of course, there's some people that's gonna actually um you know say, was this a was this a good call to make a trade with a, a, a person who is a criminal? Well look now there's going to be some crazy stuff that's going down so i can't really say exactly but anyway it is like a it is it is what it is though man you know so anyway so let's get to let's get to our next topic right here man okay so rumor in the air has to Rumor in the air has to do with um hang on a second. Rumor in the air about um the Mets signing Jose Abreu, but that hasn't really happened in a sense. So so here's what's happening here. So and this is according to risingapple.com. One of the weaker one of the weaker areas that the New York Mets needs to need to address this winter is the obvious glaring hole at the designated hitter position. While Daniel Vogelbeck provide a service serviceable piece for the Mets after being acquired by the Pittsburgh Pirates prior to the trade deadline, the revolving door at DH that included J.D. Davis, Don Smith, Dan Ruff, Mark Vientos, and even Robertson Cano at one point at the point at the beginning of the season was largely unsuccessful. This is where free agent slugger Jose Abreu comes into question, into the equation, excuse me, for the Mets. I believe the Mets should be looking for a proven major league hitter with a proven track record to slot into the designated hitter role next season. While Abreu will be 36 years old at the start of the 2023 campaign. The three-time American League All-Star and former MVP has 
has not yet shown signs of slowing down with the bat, and it shouldn't take more than a two-year deal to lock him up this offseason. Mets free agent target Jose Abreu should be near the top of the list. It's also fair to wonder at this point in his career if Abreu is looking to join a contender as he approaches the tail end of his career. And Queens would be an, an enticing option for him should the opportunity present itself. Last season with the Chicago White Sox, Abreu hit 304 with 15 home runs and 75 RBIs to go with a 4.2 um, WAR in 157 games last season. While his power numbers took a bit of a dip last season as Abreu had a career-low 15 home runs, his batting average was tied for the second highest of his career, and he also struck out at a career-low 16.2% clip. The 40 doubles he roped in 2022 also were the second highest number of his career. Another huge advantage of having a Abreu in the Mets jersey next season would also mean that manager, manager Buck Showalter would not have to revert back to a platoon at DH, as the slugging Cuban had a robust batting average of .294 against left-handed pitching and .307 against right-handed pitching last season. Abreu has been the definition of consistency at the plate throughout his nine-year career. And for an organization in win-now mode, looking general manager Billy Epler would be hard-pressed to find another hit, another hitter with a track record of Abreu's on the free agent market this winter. The MLB trade rumors predict Abreu net a two-year $40 million deal this offseason with the Chicago Cubs being the predicted landing spot for his services. I believe there will be multiple teams interested in acquiring Abreu's proven bat this offseason, and the Mets should certainly be one of them as they have eyes on another World Series and run in 2023. Interestingly enough, Abreu's 4.2 WAR last season would be would rank <clears throat> would rank third on last season's Mets team, only behind Francisco Lindor, Jeff McNeil, and Brandon Nimmo for a team looking for consistency out of the DH position next season. <clears throat> there may not be a better fit than the offensive firepower that Abreu provides, and he would fit nicely in the middle of the Mets lineup next summer. Well, that didn't happen, actually. So, unfortunately, um, he signed with the Astros. So, slugging first baseman Jose Abreu has signed a three-year deal with the Houston Astros. It was announced Monday. Abreu, who turns 36 in January, won the American MVP American League League MVP award in 2020 and is second in baseball with 863 RBI since his first season in the major leagues 2014. He hit 378, 446 this year with the Chicago, no, excuse me, Chicago White Sox for 
whom he had played all nine of his big league seasons at the defecting from Cuba. After a dreadful first five weeks, Abreu was one of the best hitters in baseball over the final three quarters of the season, batting 335, 405, 479, although his 15 home runs over the entire year was a career low. He joins an Astros lineup with fellow Cuban um, um, Jordan or Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman, and World Series MVP Jeremy Pena. Abreu will replace Yuli Goriel, a longtime rival in the Cuban National Series. National Series. Abreu and Goriel, along with Ioannis Cespedes, were widely regarded as the best players of their generation from Cuba, both high-contact hitters. Although Abreu's power was the separator, I have the out. The utmost respect for Yuli, Abreu said Tuesday. I'm just very grateful, and I understand that this is part of the business, and hopefully he's able to stay in the major leagues. <clears throat> the White Sox extended him for three years and $50 million after 2019 when he led the AL with 123 RBIs. Um, over his nine seasons, Abreu hit 292, 354, 506 with 243 home runs and an adjusted OPS 34% better than league average. Jose Abreu um, deservedly belongs among the roster of White Sox franchise all-time greats. White Sox owner Jerry um, Reinsdorf said in a statement Tuesday, his determination and commitment to the game each each and every day made him the, the consummate professional, always leading by example. Abreu is the second signing for this winter for the Astros, who re-up reliever Rafael Montero on a three-year $34.5 million contract. The Astros projected payroll is currently in the $175 million range. They've exceeded $187 million each of the previous five seasons, and they still hope to sign ace Justin Verlander, who could command upward of $40 million a year, Um, which I will get to. Hold on a second, which I will get to in a sec, actually. Um, um, anyway, um, yeah, that's pretty much what this is, man. So that's pretty much it for Jose Abreu. Um, now I did not know that, um, I actually saw this earlier, actually. So let me just get to Justin Verlander in the Mets jersey. Hold on a second. Okay, Justin Verlander. Hold on a second. 
Verlander in a Mets jersey. Um, okay, so let's get a look at this. Actually, this is pretty pretty interesting right here. Um, so speaking of Mets news, handing out a two-year $86.7 million deal to Justin Verlander, who turns 40 in February, might give some teams pause. Um but the Met, but the Mets didn't hesitate, and Verlander insisted he believes he has plenty more in the tank. It's why he he's come back from core surgery in 2014 and Tommy John surgery two years ago. Why put in all that time and effort and work and sacrifice and sell myself short at the end? Verlander said during his introductory press conference at City Field on Tuesday. It's like running a marathon and stopping a mile from the finish line. Maybe I'm 10 miles from the finish line. I don't know. What would you do? What would you do that? That's my mindset. I feel great. My body feels great. I feel the game will naturally tell me when it's time to step aside. And I feel like I'm nowhere near that point yet. And, um, and now he'll join Max Scherzer at the top of a rotation on a team with lofty expectations and a payroll that has soared above $300 million and possibly $400 million. Very interesting, by the way. Um, Okay, yes. Um asked about the pressure to deliver in October with those kinds of expectations, Verlinda said. Any anytime a good quality team is put together, there's pressure to, to win. Would you rather it be the other way? I don't think so. Clearly owner Steve Ho Steve Cohen and general manager Billy Epler agree. After they saw Jacob DeGrom leave for Texas without a second thought, their intention immediately switched to Verlander, who won the American Cy Young Award with the Astros in his first season after Tommy John surgery and route to a World Series title. Now the Mets are relying on Verlander and Scherzer to lead them to a championship. The two were teammates with the Tigers earlier in their careers, and Verlander said they were working out together this offseason in Jupiter, Florida. He expects them to both be leaders this season in Queens. That's one thing we probably both learned. I know having healthy competition is great, Vern later said, of his relationship with Scherzer. How you manage that is important because when you don't communicate, that can turn into an unhealthy competition. That's not going to happen. Verlander Verlander's recruitment to New York began with a phone call from Steve Cohen, which Verlander said wasn't about baseball, but was more about getting to know each other. Both sides agreed to wait until DeGrom settled his contract situation, either with the Mets or elsewhere, before diving into a potential match. Once DeGrom landed with the Rangers, Verlander became the Mets' top priority. 
Verlander was familiar with New York City, not only from playing in the Bronx or City Field as a visiting player, but from having lived in Battery Park in Lower Manhattan for an offseason with his now wife, Kate Upton, who was also in attendance at Tuesday's press conference. The focus from now will October will be the postseason and no expense spared, evidently, as the Mets payroll topped by Scherzer and Verlander continues to rise. Epler said he and Cohen didn't mention a specific number when they were putting together contract offers this offseason. We talked about putting the best team we could on the field and let winning drive the decisions we were going to make, Epler said. With some of the conversations we had, the future does come up and it comes up a lot. But in in the here and now, being able to put a, t- a club together, we feel really good about what about was about what was important. That was the prevailing conversation. Despite the star studded roster, Verlander knows there are no guarantees. The longer I played the game, I realized you can't take anything for granted. Verlander said of the outsized expectations we had some incredible teams in houston that weren't able to get it done hopefully the more you have it happen you learn from your mistakes yes that's pretty interesting that's interesting right there man and that's pretty much a a good plus right there so that's pretty much um a little bit of breaking news of justin verlander actually so um um okay so why the Mets aren't hunting home runs next year um that's a good question that's a good question right there so um if you if if I may I don't know what's going on here this is crazy though man um damn this is very very, very this is kind of interesting in a sense I didn't really think this was going to be uh okay not yet. let's see um let's see let me see let me see let me see uh i have to really really rethink really this Um, hold on a minute here. Um, um, hold on one second. We want. I'm trying to look for why they're not hunting for home runs and stuff, because this is pretty interesting. Um, when I actually uh, find out why, actually, but um, 
yeah this is this is pretty interesting to see i don't understand why so okay so um i don't know what's going on here but members only articles good lord yeah sorry about that i'm not going to be able to get to that but let me see if i can find some other sources to um oh boy um why are they not this is weird this is so weird man this shit is so fucking weird man <sighs> all right all right all right um i'll get back to that in a second um okay steve cohen yeah So he just, he's dropped a fortune trying to, to score government support to build a casino next to City Field. And now Met Steve owner Steve Cohen is banking on a nearby soccer stadium project to help him hit the jackpot. Hmm. Insiders say the billionaire hedge funder and his team believe a $70-80 million mixed-use development pro- project announced Wednesday by city officials, which includes a 25,000-seat stadium for the New York City Football Club, a hotel, and 2,500 units of affordable housing is a big win for Cohen's expected bid to secure one of the three downstate casino licenses that Albany Poles plan to make available. They view the stadium plan as big selling point for the casino said a city hall operative anything that shows the state that more people uh will be coming to the willits point area will only help the casino plan cohen's key competition for casino license includes related companies which is partnering with former mets owner fred and jeff wilpons sterling equities on the Willis Point mega development. That's very, very, very interesting. Related is planning to team up with Win Resorts to pursue a casino license for the under the undeveloped western end of Hudson Yards in Manhattan. Cohen, meanwhile, has been in talks with Hard Rock Hotels and Casinos to partner in his potential gambling venture and has already dug into his $26.1 billion in assets to help ensure victory. Cohen and his team has spent lots of money and spent a lot of time being introduced to a shitload of state and city officials to start making relationships before officially making the ass said another insider through 
a new entity created in April called New Green Willets. Cohen has shelled out $334,854 on outside lobbyists trying to secure support for a casino and other business from many state and city officials records show. The meet and greets have included private talks or walking tours with Mayor Adams, officials of the of the State Gaming Commission, Councilman Francisco Moya, and State Senator Jessica Ramos, Queens Democrat, who represents the surrounding neighborhoods, Senator Joseph um, Ad Abo Jr., who chairs the Committee on Racing, Gaming, and Wagering, and longtime Adams gatekeeper Frank Caron before he stepped down as the mayor's chief and chief of staff in September. New Green Willits lists Michael Sullivan, chief of staff of Cohen's .72 asset management as its principal in-house lobbyist. Wow. Wow. That's crazy, man. So here's the breakdown. And this is from a chart that I see on the New York Post. You can look at it. Um, so this the, the the picture says, let's go bets. Billionaire Mets owner Steve Cohen and wife Alexandra have spent big to try to secure a casino license. $1.5 million donation to Pro Mayor Adams Super PAC. $300. 34,854 lobby lobbying fees, $142,428 other lobbying expenses, $125,000 don donations to state democratic campaign, $69,700 donations to governor Hoko, $43,000 payments to designer shop architects, $25,000 donation to State Democratic Assembly Committee, $22,600 donation to ex-Lieutenant um, Governor Brian Benjamin. It was racked up another $185,428 in other expenses, including $43,000 dollars to Barclay Center Designer Shop Architects for Design Services Records Show. Cohen began buddying up to Adams last year, donating $1.5 million to a super PAC that backed Adams' successful mayoral campaign. His wife, his wife Alexandra, Alexandra, boosted Governor Hochul's successful election bid this year with a $69,700 donation. The maximum allowed under law records show she also donated $22,600 in January to the campaign of then Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin, who resigned months after, be, after being indict, indicted on unrelated federal bribery charges. Um, the Coens also gave $125,000 to the State Democratic Party Committee and $25,000 to the State Democratic Assembly Committee. 
Cohen has discussed building a casino in City Fields parking lot, but one big holdup is that the land is technically considered parkland, so additional state approvals would be needed, according to various officials briefed on the matter. Um, one insider said the billionaires group is confident it can get the parkland designation removed and then replace existing parking lots lost through its proposal by building a multi-level parking garage. Ramos, who would likely be required to sign off on such legislation to strip parkland status, said she wants to hear from the public first. Even if I decide to change the parkland designation, I would want it I would want it subjected to a public review process first. A review process, she said. Downside, no, excuse me, downstate Racinos, Genting Resort World, New York City at Aqueduct in Queens and MGM Empire City, Yonkers, are widely considered favorites to secure two of three state licenses allowing offered table games. Um, critics have alleged that the process was rigged in favor of the aqueduct and, and Yonkers racetracks through language inserted into the state budget by Hochul. The governor has insisted she hasn't she wasn't rigging the bidding process and that her office had used language previously adopted by her predecessor Andrew Cuomo regarding site selection of upstate casinos. Hochul's spokesman um AV Small said the casino siding process will be fair, transparent, and free of political influence with all decisions made by the state's independent gaming facility location board. Messages left with Cohen's .72 asset management were not returned, and related companies declined comment. When asked about Cohen's expected casino play, Adams on Wednesday told reporters that's a state issue. I don't have the powers to determine the sighting of that. He declined further comment Saturday. All right, so we have some other um hold on a second, man. Hold on a second here. Um okay. Yeah, we really um I don't know if we talked about this, but um yeah, so obviously amongst the Mets Latani of high-profile free agents set to hit the open market this all season is Edwin Diaz uh, coming off one of the most dominant seasons ever seen by a relief pitcher he racked up 118 strikeouts more than half of the batters he faced in just 62 innings of work while posting a 1.31 ERA and 32 saves not a bad time to be hitting the free agent market, especially at a position that is at such a premium like a closer. Edwin was nothing short of a fantastic this season, and it was very comforting to watch him come running into a game. Mets general manager Billy Epler told Joe Sher Sherman and John Heyman on the show he was a very reliable and impactful player for us. Retaining the 20. Eight-year-old right-hander should be a priority for a Mets team that faces plenty of questions around their rotation and bullpen. Getting Diaz back in Queens would at least check off any concerns regarding the ninth inning. 
But Diaz understands that there are there is going to be an abundance of competition for his services. I hope the team comes to me quick to talk, Diaz said, after the match season ended in the wild card. I hope we get the best offer. We'll take the best offer for me and my family. For Epler, there appeared to be some underlying confidence that he'll retain the, the all-star. Would we like to have him back? Absolutely. We are we are we going to be able to get something worked out? Potentially, he said, he but he's reached a point in his career where he's afforded himself the opportunity with the ability to look around if he if he so chooses. He's he knows how we feel about him and we know how he feels about us and how comfortable he was this year. And of course, obviously a little recap. Um, Diaz is already back with the Mets with a five year deal already. And speaking of deals, speaking of deals, speaking of deals, Brandon Nimble, Brandon Nimmo returns to the Mets. How about that, man? That's that's the best news that I ever that I ever heard, and and I said this before, man. Don't don't sell short of Brandon Nimmo, man. He's one of the great players, and I and I pleaded my case, and along with everybody else, not to sell Brandon Nimmo. You know what I mean to a different team. So that's pretty good on the Mets part that they got Nimmo back, man. Let me make some noise, man. And this is according to MLB.com, and it states, as Brandon Nimble steps, stepped in front of a city field podium for a photo op on Thursday, a team staffer handed him his old number nine jersey and a Mets cap. They should know my size, Nimble said, chuckling as he stretched the cap over his head. As expected, it fit. So much else about Thursday's introductory press conference was familiar to Nemo, a member of the Mets organization for 11 years who just signed up for eight more, inking a $162 million contract to remain with the team. Yes. A television to one side of the room pictured a smiling Nemo next to the caption, Welcome back, Brandon. Before the proceedings began, Nemo bantered with local media members about weather patterns in his native Wyoming. It was almost as if his brief departure from the organization had never occurred. You try to envision your life in other places and with other organizations, Nemo said, of his six-week um, sojourn as a free agent. But toward the end, the Mets just made it very, very clear they that they wanted me back. The eight-year commitment gives Nimble a chance to do what few other prominent players have in recent history, become a Met for life. The last to accomplish that was David Wright, who became the fourth captain in franchise history after signing his own eight-year contract in 2012. Nimble could follow a similar path, though the the captainship will be a discussion for another day. On Thursday, the talk was more about how his commitment makes 
such conversations, conversations possible. One of the things that we talk about when we're going to extend a longer term deal with a player is can we trust him with the contract? Can we trust his intentions? Can we trust the heart of the, of the player? Mr. General Manager Billy Epler said, and so many people think here think the world of him. Yes. Hearing those involved with the deal speak about it on Thursday, one could easily believe that a long-term marriage between the Mets and Nemo were was inevitable. The reality is that Nemo, as one of the game's most sought after free agents, had many suitors prepared to sign him. Last week, Nimmo attended the winter meetings in San Diego to speak in person with representatives from the Giants and Yankees, among other teams. He brought with him six-page outlines of topics he intended to discuss. The meetings Nimmo's agent, Scott Boris, said lasted four hours. All the while, Nemo knew that he would be thrilled to return to Queens, a place where he feels loyal to the team that drafted him and the borough that embraced him. Nemo is the last remaining link to the lean years of last decade, when the Mets dramatically slashed payroll and routinely finished near the bottom of the National League East. Now he is a primary member of the new look Mets who are defined by Steve owner Steve Cohen's free spending ways. In addition to the $162 million for Nemo, Cohen has already shelled out $102 million to Edwin Diaz, $86.6 million to Justin Verlander, $75 million to Kodai Senga, um, $26 million to Jose Quintana, and $10 million to David Robertson. Additional signings could still occur. It's been an eye-opening Nimmo. It's been an eye-opening, said Nimmo, who credited the Mets' spending spree as a major major factor behind his decision to return. It's been crazy and a little bit surreal to go through. It's been really quite a change, and I'm very proud to be a part of this organization. Once a part still apart, perhaps forever apart. After exchanging his jersey for an elf costume costume to participate in the Mets holiday party for local school children, Nimmo talked openly about his dreams of winning a World Series and even one day having his number retired at City Field earlier in the day. Nimmo had grinned while buttoning up his number nine threads saying it feels good to put this jersey back on and know it's not coming off this outcome may not have been inevitable but for nemo it was quite obviously preferred that's why no excuse me that's always a huge motivator in free agency is where i where can i go and compete for world series titles said nemo said the great part is I didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. And and yes, that's actually good news, man. So congratulations to Brandon Nimble for returning to the Mets.
All right, let's make some noise, man. Before I get to Omar Navarez, um, I want to actually want to actually get to. I really want to get to the story because this is kind of like, and it's been kind of hard though, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, let me see. This one right here is a little, all right, so. Hmm, all right, so. um, I don't know, man, but. I'm really trying to, why the Mets aren't hunting home runs and building 2023 lineup. This is okay. Um, very interesting, actually. Um, let me see. Let me see this thing. Not sure why, but okay. Okay, let's look for some news about this. Hold on a second. There's got to be some news about this. Um, I don't see it, but let's see. Um, why are the Mets hunting? Obviously, this is kind of one of the topics is going to be very difficult to find. So I'm going to have to really hold on a minute. I'm going to have to really, really look for this. Let's see. Okay. Um. No. All right. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna try to look for this because this is kind of weird right now. Um. Anyway, uh. So, one of the stories I didn't get a chance to cover was that the goose was the life of the party, ha, <laughs> which is crazy. And this took place two months ago, actually. So let's. <laughs> so this is kind of crazy, but um, we've seen all kinds of animals on a on baseball fields during MLB games in the past. Squirrels, cats, dogs, possums, pigeons, seagulls, you you name it. During the eighth inning of game two of National League Division Series between the Dodgers and Padres on Wednesday night, we saw the latest example of wildlife at the ballpark when a goose landed in the outfield. This isn't the first time a goose has found its way onto a big league field. 
um, back in 2018, a goose invited itself to an Angels Tigers contest at Comerica Park and even crashed into the scoreboard. <laughs> Damn. Really? And we can't forget about the goose, who was not only familiar with a ball field in his day, he's even in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's fucking laughable, man. Oh, shit. Rich Goose Gossage was a nine-time All-Star reliever who pitched for several teams, most notably the Yankees, and you guessed it, one of the clubs participating at Dodgers Stadium on Wednesday night, the Padres. Perhaps that's why the Dodgers weren't able to rally after the Goose showed up. Did the Goose Goose's loyalties lie with the San Diego? With San Diego? Thanks to the Goose, <laughs> things briefly looked promising for Los Angeles with Gavin Lux singling off Nick Martinez closer Padres closer Josh Hader replaced Martinez and what what um Trace Tracy Thompson putting the tying run on base with two outs. Hader got out of the jam by getting pitcher pinch hitter Austin Barnes to fly out to center field. Oh boy. Okay, the goose was removed from the field during the pitching change. He didn't want to go anywhere, said Project Star Baseman Manny Machado. Unlike the rally squirrel at Bush Stadium back in 2011, when the Cardinals went all the way to the World Series and, and, and in improbable fashion won it all, there was no rally goose in Los Angeles on this night as the Padres went on to even the series at one game apiece with a 5-3 victory. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy right there, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. A fucking that's that's really interesting right here, man. Uh and nice and the next interesting one by the Mets is Armand Navarez. Navarez. Um the Mets on Thursday added another catcher to an already cat already crowded backstop mix agreeing to terms with veteran Oman Navarez on a one-year contract with a player option for 2024 according to a source he'll make eight million dollars in 2023 and has a player option worth seven million dollars for 2024 meaning the deal could be worth up to 15 million dollars if he ends up exercising that option Navarez joins a catching crew that already includes veterans James McCann and Tomas Nito, as well as the number one prospect in baseball, Francisco Alvarez. Should the Mets keep all three on their roster, it would indicate strongly that Alvarez is set to begin next season back in back at Triple A Syracuse, where he spent where he spent much of last summer, but the move also opens the door for the Mets to trade McCann, who has underperformed since joining the, the joining New York and is due $24.3 million over the next two seasons. 
reached late Thursday night, a, a Mets official indicated that the club has enough flexibility to carry three catches on the opening day roster, especially since Navarez, unlike McCann and Nito, bats left-handed. But the official acknowledged that the final two months of his, of this offseason could still change the equation. If nothing else, the Mets hope they have upgraded their offense with the addition to Navarez, a 30-year-old Venezuelan who produced a career year with 22 home runs and an 813 OPS for the Mariners in 2019. Navarez has alternated good and bad seasons since that time, homering just four times with a 597 OPS for the Brewers last summer. But he is a career 268, 345, 406 hitter against right-handers, making him a more natural platoon mate for either McCann or Nito. Well, it's also possible that the, that the Mets carry Alvarez as their primary designated hitter, but they are more likely to send him for additional defense seasoning, given his importance to their future. Alvarez, who earned a promotion down the stretch and made the Mets playoff roster, is considered MLB-ready offensively, but raw behind the plate. The Navarez signing continues what has been a hyperactive offseason for, for Mets general manager, manager Billy Epler, who has already agreed to free agent deals for Edwin Diaz, Justin Verlander, Jose Quintana, Brandon Nimmo, which I just discussed, David Robertson, and Kodai Sanga, in addition to a trade for Brooks Raleigh. Well, um, let's see. Yes, um, hold on a second. Hold on a minute here. Um, I want to look up something actually. Okay. Mets um roster twenty twenty three not looking for home runs. Okay, so Ah, open your day lineup. So let's see if I could find something. Um, okay, let's see. Oh, okay, this might be this might be the issue. Okay, so all right, so free agency is officially underway with and with Mets and with comes endless speculation about who is going to sign where. What will the New York Mets look? like the next time they take the field sure the most of the predictions end up being completely wrong but it's fun it's a fun exercise nonetheless of course let's take a look a swing at what the Mets lineup will be like come upcoming day um damn wait a second man now i don't know about all that but wait a minute here Batting first, second baseman, trade. I don't think, but I don't know if they're going to have that. But start, starting off hot, I know, but bear with me. The Mets 
are likely to be losing their leadoff hit. No, that's not going to happen, man. So I just want to know why they're not hunting for home runs. I just want to know why they're not hunting for. So the next, just want to know why they're not hunting for home runs. This is just, it's interesting, but I can't seem to get any info about this. But um, let's see. Um, this is very, this is kind of difficult for me to find and, um, very difficult to find actually, but, um, so, um, okay. So they're not going to really, I don't know. So there it is. Oh, man. Okay. I'm trying to really find out why I'm really, this is not easy to actually find. So let's see. Um, uh, you know, um, so just want to know why they're not hunting for home runs next year, which is going to be hard to look for actually. So, we have to really find what the reason is. So um hopefully I'll be able to find this reason. Um so <laughs> damn man. Train use roster, hold on a minute. Um Yeah, this one's gonna be very difficult. So I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to save this topic for another time, um, in a future episode. I'm gonna have to save this for another time. So I'm gonna have to really skip this one. So we're gonna go to, um, what is it? What's the other? Oh, the pitcher's future. Yes. Yes, the pitcher's future. Um, we need to get to that too. Um, and of course, a little side note: even though the Mets basically um, lost the offs, the uh, the the um, the series, the, the 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 I believe it was the postseason toward the World Series. Even though they lost, but they did show um, they they did show a lot of confidence in what they did. And stuff. Um, so I'm not even gonna get into that right there. So the pitch's future, Mets pitch's future. So let's see. Um, yes, yeah, so the pitch's future. I have to really okay. Um, yeah, we gotta get to this though. 
Wait, so the pitch is future. The Mets pitch is future. So we have to really get to that. Um, actually, what the Mets can learn. Let's get to that. Um, whatever else the Mets do in strategy. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Hold on a minute. Um. The hell's going okay. So, whatever else the Mets do in strategizing um, to be a champion next season, the most vital agenda item, and this is by far not even close, is that they lose 8 5 on May 25th, 20, May 23rd, 2023, at Colorado to drop to 23 32, blah blah. Um, and, um, 2332 and f- fall 10 games out of the NL East. You're welcome, Mitch. Um, obviously they can re, I don't think that's going to happen. They can re- resign Jacob DeGrom and, or Edwin Diaz or Brennan Nimble. Brennan Nimble already got signed for eight, for eight years. So they can alleviate Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez to prominent roles. They can import Aaron Judge or show high Atani. Let's be, but let's be clear. The only way to emerge from the NL East to win a pennant and potentially more than that is to stink for the first third of the season. It is a copycat league after all, and the Mets may soon be playing in the same division as the last three World Series winners from a full 162 game season. And the most distinct characteristic of the 2019 Nationals, 2021 Braves, and 2022 Phillies is they were awful for the first three months of this of a season. The, the 2019 Nationals were 19 and 31 through May 23rd, 10 games out of first with the NL's second worst record. They were thinking of firing manager Davey Martinez. Some wondered if they would trade Max Scherzer. The 2021 Braves were 30 35 through June 16th, eight games out of first with the the NL's fifth worst record. On that date, Fangraphs gave the the 36-25 Mets an 88.7% chance to make the playoffs and a 12.7 chance to win the World Series compared to 12.0 and 0.7 for the Braves. The 2022 Phillies were 21-29 through May 31st, 12 and a half games out of first with the NL's fifth worst record. Manager Joe Girardi was fired. Fangraphs gave the Phillies a 19.4% chance to make the playoffs and 1.2% to win the title compared to the Mets' 10.7 championship percentage. If you add the low point of these three teams, because they they came roughly one third of the way through the schedule. It is near equivalent of a 162 season at 70-95. So their average record at their low point was 
32. 10 games out, the average score to fall to their low point was 8-5. and five. The Mets' 55th game next year is May 23rd in Colorado. Um, again, you're welcome. Okay, we can all take our tongues out of our cheeks now. Obviously, the Mets are not going to plan to be awful for two months next year just because the 2019 Nationals and 2021 Braves reversed afterward. The championships and the 2022 Phillies did. Um, so, and through Tuesday, we're leading the World, champ- the World Series two games to one over the Astros. But it really, it really is a copycat sport. So, is there anything that can be gleaned from three NL East teams that, among other things, all eliminated the heavy, the heavily favored Dodgers and route to the pennant? The loss of a star can be overcome. After the 2018 season, the Nationals lost Bryce Hopper to the Phillies via free agency. They that they went on to win the World Series without Harper was reminiscent of the Mariners winning 116 games in 2001 after A-Rod left in free agency. On July 10, 2021, the Braves lost their best players when Ronald Acuna Jr. tore his ACL. They went 44-29 the rest of the regular season without him to win the NL East. On June 25, 2022, Harper fractured his left thumb. <clears throat> he missed two months, and in those 52 games, Philadelphia went 32 to 20, and from out of two into playoff position. The Mets were mainly blessed with positional health in 2022, especially for Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor. But when Stalin Monte went down late in with his arm fractured finger, the Mets were shaken, especially in the sweep in Atlanta that cost them the division. They also must brace this offseason for significant loss unless they intend to retain DeGrom, Diaz, and Nemo. A difference making half lefty here is invaluable. Since we mentioned Harper's absence on the 2019 Nationals and for two months with the 2022 Phillies, his presence should be noted in these playoffs. He has been Reggie Ashton. He is thriving in the moment, writ writ large the postseason in small, huge spots and games. Juan Soto did this in Harper's absence for the 2019 Nationals, and Freddie Freeman did so for the 2021 Braves. And Kyle Schwarber is providing an excellent lefty co-star for Harper now. The volume of righty power pitching is overflowing, especially from the pen, and velocity goes up this time of year. During the season, non-cutter fastballs average 93.7 miles per hour. It was 95.3 in the in the postseason. So if you lack a game-changing lefty option that combines superb bat-to-ball skills with power, it really resonates. Plus, it allows the other team to game plan easier to deal with a lineup. Um, Is the switch hitting Lindor this kind of lefty presence? Actually, how is it possible that short porch Yankees have viewed righties 
who could hit to write as the equivalent of real diversification and lived without an aircraft carrier lefty in the middle. Anthony Rizzo is good. The Yankees need better from that side. So do the Mets. So when they become available, like Harper, Freeman, Corey Seager, etc., don't ignore them. A huge trade deadline move is not a must. Billy Appler has been clobbered for not doing enough at the deadline, but the Mets GM made the same kind of targeted small moves enacted by the three NL champs discussed here. It just worked out better for the 2019 Nationals. Um, <clears throat> Daniel Hudson, 2021 Braves famously replaced Acuna with four outfield um, acquisitions. Adam Duvall, Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, and Jorge Soler. 2022 Nationals, Brandon Marsh, David Peterson, David Robertson, Edmundo Sosa, and Noah Syndergaard. The impact that Marsh Sosa, for example, have made on the Phillies' tenuous off defense defense was greater than what Tyler Naquin, Darren Ruff, and Dan Vogelbeck had on the length of the Met lineup. Okay, so let's see. Mets pitchers future. Kaden, Kaden, the future. Okay, so let me see. Um, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um, Mets pitches future. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Um, Yeah, um, so meet the Mets. Buck Showalter could become the team's first manager of the year, and he's already he's already manager of the year. Kodai Senga could be on the Mets' radar, and it appears the team has scouted him extensively. The Mets have kept in touch with left-hander Andrew Hiani, Hiani's camp in, in their search to fill three potential holes in their rotation. Will Will Salmon of the Athletic examined the team's search for depth and Hiani's potential fit in Mets rumblings. Seth Lugo is reportedly drawing interest as a starting pitcher, though it was recently reported the Mets were not one of the teams expressing interest in him. The Mets have hired Jeff Albert as director of hitting. Chuck Carr, who played for the Mets in 1990 and 1991, passed away on Sunday at the age of 55. Our condolences to his family. The Mets are holding their annual Mets giving food drive. Whatever really happened of Mets giving food drive benefiting New York Common Pantry today at Seafield. Fans donating at least non-perishable. Actually, 
actually, um, yeah, non-perishable items will receive a voucher redeemable for two tickets to Mets to a select, select Mets home game in 2023. Yeah, I already. Okay, so that's not what we're looking for here. Um, time out here. Hold on a second, man. Yeah, replacing the Grom. So the the future. All right. So we really know the Grom left. So the future. Oh boy. Um, the future. Let's see. Now the future of the Mets. Let's see. Hold on a second. It's gotta be. Okay, hold on a minute here. Okay, wait. Um, Mets future pictures twenty twenty three. Let's see. Let's see. So, so there's been some projections. Okay, some four days ago. Okay, um, so New York baseball is having a big off season, folks. It continued Thursday night. The Mets made a minor addition of signing catcher Armand Navarez, which, but. The Yankees officially nabbed the last elite starting pitcher on the market in Carlos Rendon. The rotations for both the Yankees and Mets appeared to be mostly set. The Bombers didn't have to do much heavy lifting, but the, the addition of Rendon makes it a formidable unit. Meanwhile, the Mets acquired three starters to completely remake the, their rotation, which starting five is currently projected to perform better in 2023 how much better or worse they are they projected to be compared to this past season we can we can provide answers to those questions thanks to fangrass steamer projections these numbers should be taken with a grain of salt but it's still a good way for us to get an idea of what expectations could be for the upcoming season um, let's take a peek at the numbers for each squad projected um, projected starting five. Of course, Yankees rotation, Garrett Cole, Carlos Rendon, Nesta Cortez, Luis Sever Severino, Frankie Montas. Mets rotation projections for the future is Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Jose Quintana, Carlos Carrasco, Cookie Carrasco, Kandai, Kandai Senga. Um, hold on a minute. That yeah. Who is who the Mets signed last week to a five-year, seventy-five million dollar deal? Doesn't yet have twenty twenty-three steamer projections available. The next two hurlers with the most projected innings out of the rotation are Tyler McGill and David Peterson. They are 
each projected for 1.1 um 1.1 fw well, hold on war so well combine that to 2.2 for the fifth spot sanger's projection um probably won't be more than that anyway since his performance is more of an unknown final thoughts if we combine the currently projected fwar from each of the of these groups the yankees have the upper hand the bombers have projected rotation fwar of 15.7 while the mets check in with 14.5 for some context the houston astros 19.4 and philadelphia phillies 17.5 were the top two rotations in baseball the mets 15.9 finished fifth and the yankees 13.7 were tied with the san diego padres for ninth these projections with singer still to be determined between both new york rotations are probably a little closer than some might expect especially after the yankees just made a huge addition thursday night outside of general health the overall production of these rotations will fall on the hurlers on the back end cole redone scherzer and verlander are all projected to be among baseball's top seven started starting pitches in 2023 as long as they are on the mound we know that we know what to generally expect from them but with severino um give the yankees a full season can montage bounce back what will sanger bring to the table do the mets actually have enviable depth those are the type of things that they'll be key for the units for these units heading into next season but based on the projections we should expect the rotations in, in the queens and the bronx to be among baseball's best and this is from elite sports ny.com which, which is actually good with projections and stuff so that's pretty much what's going to happen here so um yes so so that's it for um and yes and yes um i couldn't find any information on why the mets aren't hunting for home runs next year for next year's lineup so um i'm gonna have to save that topic for another time so so this is gonna this is what we're gonna do here man um we're gonna wrap up yeah, we're gonna wrap up here right now. So let's see how much time we got. I'm sorry. All right, we're gonna wrap up here actually. So okay. Um, all right. All right, here's the deal. Now I couldn't find any information on why the Mets are not hunting for home runs in 2023. So, like I said, I am going to save that topic for another time. And um, and I figured let's get to the last segment of the night. Actually, actually, let's get to the segment that I haven't done for a very long time. And that's podcast free game mechanisms right here, man. Let's get to it. Hold on a second. Let's get to the uh, 
Hold on a minute here. And this segment is for the people who are interested in making a podcast right here. And I would like to actually um, provide some tips on the important things that you need to start a podcast. So without further ado, let's get to let's get to some equipments that you need. So let's start with let's start with um, the basic needs. You need headphones. You also need a microphone. Now it doesn't have to be anything too expensive. It could be, it, it you can find your um, you could it could be a Yeti microphone. It can be a Alvoxcon um, A eight hundred model that I'm using right now. And of course, you could find you could find either microphones in um, Target, Best Buy. Amazon and of course Walmart. And the next thing you need is a laptop. A laptop to do your um your live streams on your YouTube on your YouTube channels, especially especially um especially with the supporting software, which is StreamYard. StreamYard is the software that I use for my recordings of each podcast episode, recordings on a weekly basis, and um, it also includes other other sources like LinkedIn, which I don't use for my live stream. Um, there's Facebook, there's Twitch, where you can actually do your live streams. As far as your gaming and all that other stuff, and of course, there's, there's, of course, um, YouTube is what I use to plug in the three YouTube channels that I do, and um, and they and they have it right there. Now, if you have a unique title for your show, um, you can actually provide a story behind it and what it means to you and how it represents you and stuff like that. So there you have it right there. And also, um, I would like to say this though, if you come across a cyber bully online that says horrible things to you or anything like that, especially in a jealous way on how they actually are jealous of your success and stuff because they're not where you are and stuff, you might want to you might want to block them or report their ass because at the same time it happened like i said it happened to me twice already and i already addressed it in episode 44 already so i'm not going to really get into it again but um just just for for future podcasters out there um you know the whole here's the thing. Here's the thing about this whole model about um if you don't have if you don't have haters, you're not popping. I feel like this I feel like that is complete bullshit to me. It is p- complete bullshit to me because because when I hear when I hear the word haters, it 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 it, it, it automatically 
um, it automatically reminds me of bullies, okay? Which is never a good sign, man. Which is never a good sign. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't, I don't, nobody deserves to be hated on and nobody deserves to be bullied or cyberbullied whatsoever. I don't care what race you are. I don't care what race you are whatsoever. As long as you're having the same red color of blood, you know what I'm saying? As long as, as long as you're not doing anything harmful to me as far as like anything physical or whatever, then you're straight. But I may not, I may not be one of those people who is going to be, who is going to be, you know, you know, having a side of a person who hasn't, who has an ugly side or a bad side, whatever. Because every human, listen, every human being has sides. There's a good side, there's a bad side, and there's an ugly side. And I feel like it's very unrealistic to be positive 24-7, which I cannot do. If I know something is if I know something is wrong as far as like a hater or a bully, cyber bully who's bullying me on online and whatnot, I'm not gonna sugarcoat this because there will be a time I am going to be ending up making a video and probably addressing this shit because it's it's not funny. It's not funny to people's mental health and confidence and all that great stuff right there. So you know, that's my take on it, though, man. And I'm pretty sure if I were to make a video as part of an ad for anti-bullying as far as face-to-face -face and cyberbullying and all that other stuff, I'll be able to make it. I'll probably be able to make a difference. But I may have to but I may have to um, do a little research on that on that one right there. So. All right, so without further ado, man, that was your um, and you know, don't let anybody stop you from accomplishing your goals and dreams of being a, a podcaster and being and being able to make a career out of podcasting as well. See, I don't look at this shit as a job, man. I look at this shit as a career. This is a career that I'm doing. You know, you know what I'm saying? This is more of a career for me. I don't look at it as a job. So, you know what I'm saying? That's just that's just me. And everybody's different. Everybody's success is different. Everybody's story of success is different. So, so for future podcasters out there, don't worry about these motherfuckers who who have nothing else to do and shit like that let the success speak for itself and of course karma will will get them in the face like a sheet of ice
All right, so now we go to our last segment of the night, and that is stream choices on the go. Let's go. Y'all know what to y'all know what to do for you sports p- people, fanatics out there who are listening and tuning in from wherever you are. You could be listening. You could be listening to somebody else's podcast, but you chose to listen to me in this sports podcast that I'm doing right now. So make sure you follow Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast on Instagram. And for those of you who may not know, TLKS stands for talks. All right. So also follow my review show, Meticulous Vibrant podcast alongside with my number one show which is on facebook and instagram which is off the meat rat chains new york podcast facebook and instagram and also a lot along with myself on the primary handle on the grand which is g money stacks 555 in queens new york don't forget to turn on your notifications for postings of each episode is going to be dropping and when it's going to be dropping and all that other stuff and and alongside with that will be will be um of course new new stuff and and everything else in between and if you go to the link in bio you're going to you're going to see linktree slash excellent fun vibrant podcast on there you're going to see that now when you see that you're going to see a whole list of stream platforms where you get to where you get to know where you could actually listen to the episodes and stuff now anchor.fm slash gmoneystacks zero slash message is where you can leave your voice message for me on the sports podcast topics and wherever sports topics um you like me to talk about or whatever um you should include that in the voice message as well so um all right so speaking of anchor we are on anchor audible audacity amazon music breaker Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podfriend, Podorama, Podopolo, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podverse, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and don't forget to listen to Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast Sports Edition Show on Radio Public alongside with iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. And you don't need a debit card or credit card to actually download these apps, including iHeartRadio. All you need to do is download these apps onto your iPhones, your Android phones, iPads, Android tablets, and your laptop. All right? And make sure you follow my other shows on there. That's on iHeartRadio, which is Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast Review Show. I have to, after I get off the air, I ain't going to try to see if I could post episode one or two. 
and and also follow my other show which is number one that's trending which is off the meat rack chains new york podcast also on iHeartRadio as well with 219 episodes and tomorrow i'm going to be i'm going to be uploading episode 220 so it's going to be 220 episodes tomorrow um all right and um and plus make sure you grab that subscribe button for me on the youtube channel page of excellent fun vibrant talks podcast the sports channel page actually and click on the noting noting bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the every live stream alongside with um leaving a like and a comment along with the sports topic episodes and and stay tuned for more video content upcoming episodes previous previous episodes in case you miss any of the episodes whatsoever don't worry everything is all good um also also be sure to download these episodes share the episodes share the videos listen stream watch the episodes download these episodes very important and of course tell a friend to another friend spread the word the word of mouth is important and and of course be sure to share the podcast along with the link that says linktree slash excellent fun vibrant podcast with your husbands your wives your boyfriends girlfriends friends the people you are cool with and wherever you meet people at festivities parties wherever of course tell them to listen to the podcast shows that i do on every on every streaming platform especially especially this one right here and and yeah that's gonna do it for me that's gonna do it for me i'm g money stacks i'm your man g money stacks thank you very much for listening to oh and by the way by the way before i wrap up here i'd like to say thank you to every single person out there who actually took a chance to actually listen to to this platform right here of excellent fun vibrant talks podcast the sports edition show and we have reached the one year anniversary september 19 2021 was the year that this show started so i'd like to say thank you to all the listeners who listen from international canada usa long island ak strong island the five boroughs and of course spotify as well who made a presentation for me for this podcast right here and along with other podcast shows that i did and so this is a happy one year and one year anniversary for me and and this is and this has been great man this is the way to basically you know you know go out with a bang from 2022 to 2023 so um so thank you for helping me reach the one year anniversary aka anniversary of this sports podcast show right here
So, and remember, the grind doesn't stop. Hard work pays off. If you want something, you have to work hard and you have to earn it. And, and of course, of course, find something, follow your goals and dreams, find and look for something with us along with a spark that makes you happy mentally, physically, spiritually, and creatively. And and what gets you into your zone on your P's and Q's is confidence and consistency. And the more you put out content, the more you are going to gain success. So with that being said, I'm off this shit. Thank you very much. Peace and one love. I'll see y'all next time in the next episode. And, of course, I hope y'all did your Christmas shopping already. If you have any last-minute Christmas shopping to do, go ahead and do it because Christmas is around the corner this weekend. And um, and episode 48 will be the last episode to do this, this year. So... So stick around for 46, 47, 48. And um, yeah, that's going to do it. Peace and one love. And and be careful out there. Be safe out there. And of course, reach out to your loved ones, especially your friends, especially if they're going through something uh, mentally on the inside. It's not about what's on the outside it's about what's on the inside all right that's what matters too so so there it is right there man peace out one love and and good night everybody have a good night folks
Hey guys, G Money Stacks here. You like what you heard? I need your help on some things. Go to the YouTube channels like Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast Sports Edition Show, G Money Stacks 555, and Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast by grabbing the subscribe button, enable alerts with the notification bell, leave a like, comment on the episodes, including the topics, and much more. Plus, you can catch up on the episodes on streaming platforms, including YouTube, by going to the link that says Linktree slash Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast. Make sure you follow on Instagram, Excellent Fun Vibrant Podcast, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast, alongside with myself, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Thank you so much for tuning in and rocking with me and listening to the episodes. Peace and one love.